Boozehound Entertainment proudly presents Sounds on Vinyl, the show that celebrates collecting and listening to vinyl. And now, here are your hosts, Mike, Phil, and Soren. Hey, hey, welcome to the Sounds on Vinyl show. My name is Phil Boyer, and always for this season, I've got two Vikings with me. We've got Mike, and we've got Soren. Guys, how the hell's it going over there? Oh, it's going good. Yeah, the weather is warm here in, in the southern parts of Sweden and in the southern parts of the Danish people. That's him right over there. Right over well, there. Over there. <laughs> That's oh. you. What have you been drinking, Mike? Uh, out of my horn, but I left it alone. Oh, <laughs> it's I a see. family show. I can't it's shake my show. horn right now. <laughs> oh, God. Damn. So, Okay, moving uh, along, moving, moving along. along. All right, today Let we are talking you. about we're talking about Master of Puppets. No, 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 that's not right. What, oh. what are we talking about, Soren? We're talking about Ah, yeah, well, today we're going to talk about uh some you know, a very important aspect of of the sound of vinyl records. Not sounds on vinyl, but yeah. <laughs> we are talking about sounds on vinyl, but we are talking about how sound is created on a vinyl and how important that process is to prepare sound for actually going onto a record after it's been recorded in the studio. And we're going to show some examples of, of um, how you can actually spot on a record who cut an album, who cut the master. Uh, you won't be able to tell that on all records but you will on some. And we're going to show some examples uh, and what to look for and, and what these uh, inscriptions mean, some of them. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. I think because since the last show... Oh, I, oh, I have... I, this is important. You remember oh. on, the last, on the last show, I show you the Frankenstein. Yeah, Gary yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yes, yes. The, the, uh, the Gary Moore album that was mixed up. Yeah. Tell you what, it's it's probably about three months ago since I bought this, and I came home and I realized that it was a Frankenstein. Well, mm-hmm. during Easter, I went back to the store um, just to check on used records, and I found the other Frankenstein. Can you believe it? Oh, no. It, incredible. So... I've actually now got a complete U.S. pressing, and I'll show you with the Mirage. Oh, label! Awesome. And now I've got the other uh, German pressing. So I actually I I saved the world of two Frankenstein's. Oh, there Isn't you go! Isn't that incredible? It is. Nice. Or I mean, people in Denmark don't listen to. To Gary Moore, uh, and how well, sad is th- no, okay? I think they listen to "Still no, Got the know. Blues," and you know, uh, oh, but <sighs> that's incredible. So uh, it yeah, is. I was, it is. I was so disappointed when I got home at first, but now I'm a happy guy. Happy guy. Oh, good for you. Yeah, there you good go. For you. Oh, I'm going to show you. I, I, I talked about also uh, how they press vinyl um, in, in the last episode, and I mentioned uh, something called a puck. Which is the one, mm-hmm. which is the lump of vinyl that you put in the pressing machine? Well, I've actually got yeah. a puck here. 
because oh this, it's also called a biscuit. Some some people call it a biscuit, oh. uh, a puck yeah. or a biscuit. Doesn't it's it's the same thing. But this, this is actually, uh, I think two hundred two hundred twenty grams ish of uh, vinyl. Oh, grams. Grams. Can you translate Phil for American friends? <sighs> I cannot. I I don't I don't know oh. what that would be in ounces. Sorry, sorry, but. If you say um, a vinyl album today, most of them are 180 grams. Well, this is 8.11 ounces. Come again. There you go. 8.11 ounces. Mm. 8.11 ounces of vinyl. Now, you don't see vinyl being... Sorry? Never underestimate Google. Never underestimate Google. You never see vinyl records with a hype sticker that says 8... Uh, what was it again? 8.11? 8.11 ounces. Or ounces. You always see 180 grams, right? Yes. So, the, <laughs> okay, but never mind. This is a puck used for, for, a, for, a, for a standard record today. Okay, so this is what they look like. And, and uh, I also mentioned about how they do, uh, how they make splatter vinyls. Well, this is a bag of vinyl pellets. It's just... Oh. Very, very small, like small gravel. So, so oh, okay. what they do is when this is hot, when it, when these are melted into a puck, it's still hot and sticky. And they will just put it in a box with other pellets and go like this, and the pellets will stick. So it was just a way to just explain what I was talking about on the last show, if that was a, oh, if right. that was a bit uh, strange. So, um, yeah, a puck. Cool. Cool. All right. Uh, another thing I, I I forgot to show. I had the record on my desk uh, on the last show, but I forgot. Uh, this is a, a, a Rolling Stones album, uh, the Satanic Majestic Rituals. It was uh, it was their attempt to do a Sgt. Pepper uh, album. It kind of failed uh, a bit. Uh, but Michael, you'll be pleased to know that the song Two Thousand Man" is on this uh, album. Oh my you god! That's know that. cool. Yeah. Yes. No, but the reason I actually show you this is because this came out at a time when mono recordings were, you know, most of albums were recorded in mono and and cut in mono. But uh, but stereo was was gradually uh, getting getting more popular because as people started buying stereo uh, systems uh, for their homes and all that they had to do stereo versions of the albums too. So many albums uh, from that day were released both in mono and stereo. And some of them were just compatible. So whatever you had, uh, they would sound good. But a way to tell, when you were out in the record store, you, you can actually see here that th- there's a color code here. And the, and the, the color is actually stuck to the inside, uh, the inner sleeve. So... Uh, they didn't have to, to make uh, different covers for mono and stereo. They can just do a color code, and if it if it's blue, it's stereo, and if it was red, it's mono. So that was that was a way of, you know, when the, when the record is shrink wrapped in the record store, you could actually just look on the back side here and see if it's a mono or stereo uh, release you're holding. So there was just a, a little fun thing. You'll see these on late 60s uh, pressings, um, mainly these uh, Decca, uh, UK Decca uh, releases. 
But you, you, you come across them uh, now and then out there. There was just Ooh. a little fun thing. Now, is that a sticker nice. or is that actually part of the, the oh, cover? It's, I'm just <laughs> put it on the, on the floor. No, it's actually a hole. It's, it's, it's a hole that's punched. Uh, oh, punched oh, the, oh, uh, gotcha. Oh okay. So it's a oh. see-through and you can actually just, you can just be able to, to oh, see. Oh, gotcha. Okay. The blue color from oh, the right. in-sleeve. So, yeah. Okay. Fun thing. I don't have any red ones. So no, otherwise, I'll, I would have shown you one. Okay. Today's subject is, uh, is uh, mastering and cutting. Uh, and many people will not understand how important mastering uh, an album is and how important cutting an album is. But it's very important. And I'll tell you why. Because when a band is in a studio, uh, maybe uh, uh, an album like Led Zeppelin II, that's recorded in six or seven, eight studios around the world while they were on tour. And every studio will have different equipment, uh, a different setup, maybe using different microphones. They might use different guitars or drums or whatever. Um, so mastering is actually a way of making uh, the sound harmonic. You know, they, they, it's kind of a way to harmonize the sound so that it, it sounds like it was recorded in the same room or same place or even the same time. And, and uh, when you, for instance, if you, if you sing into a microphone, you will probably hear some, sometimes you will hear T and S sounds when, when you sing. Uh, and those, those uh, you know, those small sounds that we make, or, or maybe a plectra hitting the, hitting the, uh, the strings in a wrong way. All of these small imperfections, uh, they use the mastering process to get rid of all that. So it actually sounds like, you know, they, they, they will get rid of, of small mistakes uh, and all that. So, so, so mastering is really important for an album to, to a, uh, harmonize all the, harmonize the sound and actually punch up the sound. Uh, because it's also in the mastering process that the that the uh, basic the baseline sound volume is is set because there's there's a huge difference in listening to a recording in a in a recording studio and then actually putting that sound onto onto a record that that's a, that's a, a a huge process actually and and the process starts with mastering so when the mastering is done you end up with a master tape from the studio uh, and, and in the old days, today everything is recorded uh, on hard drives and, 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 and whatnot. But in the old days, it was on analog tape. And the mastering process was actually, uh, when the album is mixed, um, it, it, it was time for the mastering. So the, 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 the mastering tape, the master tape, was the actual finished product from the studio. And, and that had to, to be okayed by the band by the artist or by the record company you know they, they listen to it and say okay this is it all the hard work we've done in the studio this is the actually finished product now a mass tape is uh, let's say it's 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 actually the closest that you can get to the sound that that was in the studio but again to to be able to put that sound onto onto a record that's another process um, and and 
what I explained about uh, uh, pressing plants and and mastering studios and everything in the in the previous episodes, the master tape will be copied into several copies and distributed to to various pressing plants because when you when you have to press one million copies of an album like you did very normal in the seventies uh, there was no way that one um, that one pressing plant could, could could do all of this so they had to 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 have different pressing plants working uh, at the same time so um, the master the, the the cutting of the master album uh, would usually be done at the same place that mastered the audio. So uh, I have an example, and this is, I'm, I'm going to start because it, it, it will make sense. It will make sense. Okay. This is, of course, Led Zeppelin 2. And I've, I'm, I'm such a nerd that I put a little sticker here. It says USRL. And I'll explain what that means. Because this is considered the holy grail of Led Zeppelin albums. Because it was mastered by a guy called Bob Ludwig, who worked for Sterling uh, Sound, which was a, a, a mastering studio, still is a mastering studio in Los Angeles. Now, Led Zeppelin uh, had, uh, this is a, a year after the the, uh, the debut album from Led Zeppelin came out, and they were getting really big in America. So the, the Atlantic Records, the record company said, okay, now we're going to go all in on the next Led Zeppelin album, let's make it sound incredibly uh, good. So they asked Bob Ludwig to cut the first master, uh, the master disc of of, uh, of the album. So Bob Ludwig is is both a mastering engineer doing the the audio, and then he is also a cutting engineer, so he can cut records as well. So he was asked to cut the first, uh, the first batch of, of, of Zeppelin albums, and um, he also, his name is Bob Ludwig, and and Bob is always short for Robert, so his initials is RL Robert Ludwig. Oh, <laughs> it's on the outer sleeve there, RL. So when he when he cut records, he used to put his initials in the runout groove, uh, because mastering engineers were never were almost never credited on the record sleeve. So you, you won't be able to, 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 to read anywhere that Bob Ludwig uh, mastered this record. And that was very common for mastering engineers. They were never credited for the work. So somebody started writing their initials or name or a, a, a tag or, or, or something in the dead wax just to sort of, uh, you know, say, this is my work, a bit like a carpenter or, or whatever. Um, so Bob Ludwig cut the first version of the of the Led Zeppelin album, added his RL initials in the dead wax, and then it was pressed. Uh, they, they did a, t- a test listen first in the studio, and everything was fine. Uh, they said this is this sounds really good. Let's press it. So they did. They pressed a, a, a number of albums, but then uh, the president of Atlantic Records. His name was Ahmed uh, Ertegen. He, uh, his daughter, got a copy of the album, and uh, and she apparently played the album in her room. And suddenly she yelled at her dad, saying, "There's something wrong with the album." And he came in, and the the um, 
the actual the, the dynamics and now I'm 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 getting into I'm getting I'm getting into what mastering actually means because if you listen to an album that sounds incredibly good and lots of bass you know lots of power this is actually something that's done in the mastering process so so she played the album and the arm you know the tone arm just fell off the album it just it just you know sprang sprang off <laughs> i don't know what the exact word is but but it did because the the sound was so massive of course it was a very cheap record player it was one of those plastic record players mm-hmm. i think yeah. but it actually made the arm fall off so so uh, the president there Ahmed Erdogan, he he just he went ballistic and and ordered all the copies to be withdrawn and ordered a recut of the album so he actually sacked bob ludwig for not doing his job properly and they got another guy in to do a remaster of the album so uh, and and then it was it was released again but this time it was it was also us but it says gp and that was a guy called george george piro who did the the recut so if you look at 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 these they look exactly the same and they are for most part the only way to tell is to look for the for the initials uh, bob ludwig's initials in the dead wax uh, and if it says rl you know it's the right one to have but if you take the other one and it says at uh, gp it means is that it's it was cut by george piro at atlantic studios so that's a way to tell and mm. and of course because of that story because of bob ludwig's involvement and because of of what the album could do to cheap record players it's just become one of those um you know it, it, it's just one of those holy grails today because a lot of people will seek out this exact uh, exact copy because i'm one of those make, people you're one of them yeah they, they, they didn't it's on press, my bucket list they didn't press that many of them uh, because no, it was it was uh, you know withdrawn very quickly Mm-hmm. But they are out there, and you will find them uh, if you mm-hmm. really dig. Um, I think I don't know the exact value. This is it's one of those things that this the uh, RL cut is actually a lot more expensive in the states uh, than here in Europe um, mm-hmm. because I've seen a few of them out digging, uh, and they're not very expensive. I mean, they're not more expensive than than other copies of that Zeppelin too. But I think. Maybe it's because the sellers don't know what they're actually selling. I think that's that's probably the yeah. the, the best explanation. Uh, because in so America, listen to you've listened to this album, so so mm. you 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 get to experience Bob Ludwig's mustering. Yeah. So what's what's the difference? I would say according that, to you, I would say that I mean the the George Pirro is no slouch. Uh, it's it no. sounds really good as well, but there, there's much more. Uh, it sounds heavier, is and there's more more depth, more dynamics to the to the uh, to the Bob Ludwig mix. Definitely, mm-hmm. um, yep. it's not like you're blown away. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm, my ears are just not good enough. But I I recently did. I was out doing a, a talk, uh, a vinyl talk, uh, in in a hi-fi shop not long ago. And they had a hundred thousand uh, dollars equipment. You know, it was the 
wildest thing I've ever seen. And we actually played the RL at full volume, and that was amazing. I mean, <laughs> but you, I mean, you, but you really, I mean, the better equipment you have, the more you'll get out of of, of records, yeah. uh, of course. Mm -hmm. But that just sounded awesome. Let me tell you, mm -hmm. it sounds good on my own cool. stereo, definitely. But but listening to to you know an incredibly expensive. Um, uh, set up hi-fi setup and huge speakers you know uh, it, it, it was amazing but it, but it's a great cut definitely a great cut and worth seeking out and, and if you find it buy it you know yes i will See, it's mm -hmm. the only it's the only uh, <laughs> it's it's the only advice i can give now uh, some people will collect bob ludwig cuts only i mean uh if they see uh, an RL uh, inscribed in the dead wax, and you'll see that on many records, it doesn't mean that all of them sound as good as Led Zeppelin II, but it, it just means that he also did it. He also mm. cut the album. And I have a few. Uh, the uh, Thin Lacy, uh, Johnny the Fox, the, the US mm. pressing is also an RL cut. Uh, the, uh, oh, let's see, Rush. For you, Mark. We go. <laughs> oh my God! You feel feel it, yeah. <laughs> because if you open the gatefold at the uh, the Rush cover here, you'll actually see that that it that it, it mastered by Bob Ludwig. It actually says here in the credits. Uh, but this is of course cool. from '81, and 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 up in the '70s they started actually doing this, uh, writing the credits of who mastered it. But but in the '60s nobody bothered about it, hmm. and that's why they started. Uh, you know, adding their own initials to the dead wax. This is actually a Scandinavian pressing, uh, but it has RL in the dead wax. So, what does that tell us, Mike? Oh, Ooh, yeah, he was involved in doing yeah. it with the but, but he in the Swedish the pressing plants. Yeah, he worked in the United States, and this is uh, but it's sent over the lacquers, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, they, to they Sweden. The stampers. Probably. Yes, stampers. Yeah, yes, stampers. Stampers yeah. from the from the US were sent mm -hmm. to Europe and pressed here. Yes. So that's why you yeah. can see well, RL's initials in a in a Scandinavian pressing. Oh yeah. Fun thing. Yeah. Now, so and you got something for me? You got something for me? No. Oh, this. there you go. <laughs> oh. And this is there also. There you go. This is also an RL cut. Oh and yeah. Michael, I don't know if mm -hmm. you have. It. But I will tell you. No, uh, I will tell you. Mm. This is the best sounding version. I have four different versions of, of this album, mm. uh, both from the seventies, one German, and I have some reissues. This is incredible, and and I'm, yes, I'm I really is. mean that. You you can actually yeah. tell the difference. Yes. So uh, US uh, RL pressing. This is the first first edition. Uh, I think it's even better than the Japanese one. Yeah. Actually, Do you have it? Oh yes, of course. Oh, of course. Oh, yes. Good, good man. Two, two, good. two copies. And, uh, oh, <laughs> actually, I'm tipping over my PC here. Okay, uh, another another one we we showed last week was, uh, or maybe a couple of shows back was uh, back in black. Mm -hmm. uh, the US version is also an RL cut, and as you probably know, this sounds incredible, incredible. Lots of lots of dynamics, lots of uh, you know, very very clear separation of the of the instruments. You can really hear what's being played played, and all that is actually mm -hmm. done in the mastering process. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, a bad mastering can fuck up any record, 
and, yes. and a bad cut can fuck up a good mastering. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, so so oh, it's yeah. really important. So mm. the the uh, the way it was recorded and produced in the studio, if if the mastering guy uh, is not able to do a good job, and the cutting engineer is not a- able to do a good job, uh, it can actually ruin a, a, a perfectly good album. Mm. Mm. Um, now the cutting engineer's task is not just to press a button and then have a coffee and wait until the the cutting machine the lathe is finished, because his job is actually to work out uh, exactly how uh, how long is one side going to be. I mean, how much music are we going to put uh, put onto onto one side? And and a few minutes a few minutes can actually make a huge difference. Uh, so for a normal side, uh, the best uh, you know the, the 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 most optimal amount of minutes. Uh, is actually about around 18 minutes to get the 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 optimal sound of of a record. But sometimes they will press 22 minutes, 23 minutes uh, on one side, and that that actually is a challenge to most pressing engineers because they have to then adjust a lot of things in the in the sound and the dynamics to 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 make it um, uh, you know to 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 actually make. All, the, all those minutes fit onto onto one side mm-hmm. because it, it matters how how uh, how wide the groove is. It matters how much bass you, you're putting on because all those aspects will influence uh, the nature of, of the of the groove. So the more minutes, uh, the more you have to actually compress and and uh, squeeze the sound to be able to fit it in, and all that is a mastering engineer's task. Um, yeah, so. What am I going to show you next? Oh, yeah, there's another there's another uh, thing that you might also encounter. If you heard of of the um, half speed masters, you heard that yep. expression, mm-hmm. yeah. Because uh, 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 normally it takes uh, the, the the cutting the cutting lathe is actually um, uh, going as fast as an, uh, a record will be played. So it, it cuts at the same speed that that the record is played. So it takes about 18, 20 minutes to cut one side of an album when the music is playing and all that. But if you do a half-speed master, you are actually uh, halving the the speed on the cutting machine and also uh, on the music played. Because when you cut at half-speed, uh, some people say that the lathe will be more uh, precise in, in cutting. Um, so it it and people some people say that it makes a record sound better because when you then if it's cut at half speed and you then play it at normal speed uh, everything will sound fine. It's just when they press when they when they cut it that that the music is played at half speed and the and the machine is is evolving in, at, at, at half speed. But uh, half speed masters are sometimes this is the genesis selling England by the pound release uh, from from a few years back and it's and it says here half speed mastering this is something that record companies usually want to want to market uh, on reissues that it's half speed uh, mastered and sometimes you will see in the deadworks it's it says half speed mastered uh, by by somebody this is this was cut at abbey road uh, in the uk by uh, a cutting engineer there uh, no it doesn't say who it was i can't remember it doesn't matter anyway 
but half speed masters uh, are usually something that's um, that's that's marketed heavily by the by the record companies. Now another legend in the uh, in the uh, cutting cutting world world of, of cutting engineers is is uh, was no he's still alive but but he was very active in the seventies. Um, a guy called um, a guy called George Peckham, also known as Porky, uh, that was his nickname. But he used to cut a lot of records for you know the the big seventies artists in the UK. Uh, we're talking Led Zeppelin, Deep Purple, Uriah Heep, uh, you name it. He used to cut uh, records for all those guys. Uh, but he was, and now we're getting back to Monty Python. I mean, I, I know I've, I've mentioned them a few times on the show, but but this, I gotta mention this because this is so special. Now, Monty Python was was going to do an album called Matching Tie and Handkerchief. Looks like this in 1973. And and they said we want to do a three-sided album, the first single album with three sides. And how do you do that? Well, Porky came up with with the with the answer, because on one side he actually managed to cut two separate grooves right next to each other. I mean, so this actually this album has two lead-in grooves. So oh, depending on where you put the needle. <laughs> it will it will sound different. So there are actually two. Well, to, in total, it's about eighteen minutes, I think, eighteen nineteen minutes, like a normal record. But when you have two grooves next to each other, uh, you'll have like nine minutes maybe per groove. But they actually, it's so difficult to see uh, that you'll only experience it if, let's say, you play the album and 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 you uh, you accidentally. Uh, touch your record player so the needle will jump in the next groove, over to the next groove. You'll actually hear something completely different. So this is uh, the first album with uh, three sides. And that was Porky who cut that. And you will see uh, Porky's uh, initials or his his uh, his um, his name. You will never see his real name. He will always be called Porky. He might uh, he might Write Peko, he might write, write uh, a Porky Prime cut, uh, whatever. Uh, everything, anything that the sort of remotely, remotely sounds like Porky, uh, you'll know it's him. And he also cut the uh, Deep Purple Burn album, the UK UK release. I've got a Made in Japan, um, uh, also with Porky. I think one of one of the one of the sides says Peko Duck. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of crazy stuff, but but if you see that in the dead wax, you know who cut it, and you usually find it on on UK releases because he worked in the UK. So uh, if you find it on a, an American pressing, say, or a Scandinavian pressing, whatever, it means of course that the stampers or the the master that was cut was was shipped uh, outside the UK and and then processed into records there. So, yeah. Another one I'm going to show you is uh, Thin Lizzy's Bad Reputation. Oh, man. Now, this, is, uh, this is the US, US pressing. And if you take this out, you will, uh, or I don't think you'll be able to see this, but, but down here it says Master Disc 
and it says GK. And now this is a guy called Gilbert Kong, who worked for, for MasterDisk. So you will also find RL cuts with MasterDisk RL. Uh, so this was actually a colleague to, to Bob Ludwig called uh, Gilbert Kong. Bob Ludwig used to work both for a, a company called Sterling, Sterling Sound, and then later on MasterDisk. So that's why you'll see MasterDisk RL or Sterling RL. But it's the same guy. Okay. Moving so wh- on. Wh- where was MasterDisk located? I mean, Sterling was New York, right? Sterling was New York, and I think MasterDisk yeah. was Los Angeles. All if right. I'm not mistaken. Okay. I, okay. I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why they worked, uh, you know, East and West Coast in the U.S. Yeah. To, to you know to cover to cover yeah. the whole market because mm. there were you know many pressing plants in the New York area, many in the uh, in the in the in on the on the West Coast. So mm. uh, that's pro- that's probably why they had more mastering studios doing uh, doing cuttings. Yes. Okay. Now the next one I'm going to show you is uh, "Who's Next" by the Who, and this was uh, released in '71 on track. Records. This is a UK first pressing. Now, if you look in the data box here, you'll see the name Bilbo written. And <laughs> we're in uh, Lord of the Rings uh, yeah. territory here. <laughs> but, but Bilbo was a guy called Dennis Blackham, uh, also a UK cutting engineer. And he used to, to tag his work with Bilbo uh, all the time. So you might see, yeah, you'll see Bilbo, maybe you'll see some different uh, word next to Bilbo or something. But if you see Bilbo, you know it's Dennis Blackham. So it's a fun way to actually track a record to the to the beginning, to the origin. I mean who did this? Who who was the who was the um who was the engineer behind this? Uh, and again I'm gonna take the the carpenter uh, metaphor in because it's 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 nice to know that it was a person who did it and not mm-hmm. just some machine or a robot it was actually a real yeah. person who had to make choices uh you know uh, and that's why records are so fun because there are in the whole process of making an album and recording music people are involved uh and also of course in the in the cutting of an album it's 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 uh, nothing is uh, what you say you know uh, everything has to be decided uh, how something should uh, should sound uh, and the quality assurance and all that is 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 people very fun. Cool. Oh, the first UK edition of Led Zeppelin three. I don't have one of those, but if you look in the dead wax, you will see the words, and I've written them down because I can't remember. It says, "Do what thou wilt," and on the next uh, side B, it says, "So mote be it." That was actually written in the Dead Wax. And that was a quote from Alistair Crowley that Jimmy Page was, uh, he was a huge fan of that. I don't know what it what, what was Alistair Crowley? What do you call it? Was it Wizard? A Weirdo? Some satanic? I don't know what it was. Some, yeah. some guy. Yeah. Wizard, but, Weirdo, Satanic Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just say that. But, yeah. but uh, that was a quote for him. But the cool thing, I, I've, this is, is one of my favorite albums, Opeth, Blackwater Park. Now, on this is a reissue uh, on music, uh, music on vinyl. Um, uh, a reissue that came out in 2010, I think. It's a double album. But the fun thing is, 
as a homage to cutting engineers and to Led Zeppelin III, you'll actually find on side A, it says, do what thou wilt. Side B, it says, so mote be it. And on side three, it says, peco duck. And on side four, it says, bilbo. No. So, oh man! I mean, and and you gotta know this stuff to actually get it. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. So, so when you look at the dead wax, you say, "What the hell is this?" But if you know the backstory, because uh, they are, of course, Opeth are vinyl fans themselves, and you know they're yeah. really vinyl nerds. So putting these salutes or whatever you call them in the dead wax, it just shows you how nerdy they they are. But but now you know the story and and and, and what it means and why they're there. But it's yeah. super fun. Cool. You won't find it on the original Blackwater Park release. It's it's only on the on the reissue here. But it's it's a fun thing. Cool. Now, oh, Mike. Oh yeah. Look at there this. There you go. <laughs> Look at this. Oh, there you go. Right. I have uh, I have uh, two copies of this. One is a UK uh, release uh, from '82, and the other one is a Norwegian Scandinavian cutting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely the same album, same music, but of course with different labels because the UK one looked like this. Mm-hmm. I think also the American one oh, yeah. looked like this. Yes. This was, uh, and if you look at the dead wax here, it says Tone, T O N E. And that's a guy called Tony Bridge who, who did this cut in the UK. But if you look at the Norwegian one, it says Finson written in, in with you know handwriting etched mm-hmm. and this of course has the Casablanca labels I don't know if the light is a bit dodgy but okay but it says Finson here down here you won't be able to see it so it won't matter but but two two different records released at the same time no two of the same records that was yeah. what I was what I meant to say released at the same time but cut in two different countries by two mm-hmm. different people so yeah. it's not the same. It's not exactly the same sound you will get on these two albums because the sound is whatever. It's well, the the cutting is uh, is an in, in interpretation in a way of of the mastered sound, if you know what I mean. But oh, yeah. uh, Eva Finson, who cut this, uh, he worked in uh, Oslo at Rosenberg Studios in in Oslo, and he, I mean, almost every no every Norwegian pressing. From the uh, from the eighties and and onwards, uh, he did. So you're either looking for his uh, his uh, his surname written, or just a, an, an F. If you see an F in the dead wax, you'll know it's him. Uh, Finson is called. Yeah, legend. Okay, um, let's see. Do you have any questions? Oh, uh... because I'll just see what I uh, what I have <laughs> up next. I'm thinking just this keep them all coming. Gives, just keep them coming. This gives justification for having multiple <laughs> copies, different copies of yeah, the same of record yeah, because yeah. they're all a little bit different sound. Oh, Definitely. you're helping out. I'm feeling See? so See? Oh, I've landed now. You, so. you feel so included. <laughs> oh, feel so included. I can justify mm-hmm. all my 15 copies of Kiss Alive. I can justify We understand you. Mike. Oh, you're among thank friends you so See? much. You're Thank among you. friends. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but all kidding aside, there is there is a difference. Uh, even I, uh, 
I'm not like I, I mean I'm like you, sir, and I listen to I, I have haven't got like the, the most expensive equipment ever. Uh, but there is a difference when you listen to a great sounding master from from uh my favorite is of course Robert Ludwig, but but uh, also Bernie Grundelson, uh, yeah. who, who who was a fantastic master engineer, yeah. and the studios. I mean, I bought um uh cut from the original master tape a burn that was was re released from like 2018 from mm. the Abbey Road Studios, mm. and that sounds so amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, not completely different, but there is more depth to it, uh, and you can hear all the separations if you listen in headphones and and so forth. And I just love that album. Uh, it's, it's, it's it's funny because I think one of the main challenges that that cutting an album, you know, it, for for cutting engineers, one of the main challenges is they have to cut a record that's going to sound good. Mm-hmm. On a cheap system, as well yeah. as a million-dollar system, yeah. yes. and 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 I, I'm sure most of them will do the best work they can. Yeah, but unfortunately, most people won't be able to hear how good an album actually can sound because people play on on really crappy stereos. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah, I know, uh, and and it, it must be very unsatisfying in a way of of you know educating yourself for years and learning all the tricks and, and you know, be a, an incredible mastering engineer. And then just know that people will listen on their iPhone uh, iPhone headphones or on a, <laughs> yeah. on a very, very cheap stereo. Yeah. Because they will never actually uh, hear the, the potential uh, of a really good album. But that's just, a, that's just the world, I think. That's just the way yeah. it is. Yeah, but, but maybe, maybe now when we talk about it, maybe now when we we talk about it and we show these records and talk we about we are influencers, Mike. We yeah. are influencers. Yeah, of course we are so, vinyl we, influencers. I like yeah. that label. Yeah, I'm going to use that. I'm a vinyl influencer. <laughs> crying out loud. Awesome. Good. Well, the final thing I'm going to show you, I think. All right. Is um, the final thing before we draw the names to the winners for the Ooh, contest yeah. from I mean, last week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People are yes. sitting on, yes. on edges out there. Oh, we know man. you've been waiting oh, for that. On the edge of oh, your yeah. seats. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just a, oh, yeah. Just a minute more. Mm-hmm. Now, this is what I'm going to show you. This is uh, the first Dire Straits album. Uh, mm-hmm. Killer album in so many ways. I love this, you know, so much. Uh, but... Um, a line of uh, a record label called Original Masters. They're actually called they're called the Mobile Fidelity. And mm-hmm. if you want to splash out a hundred dollars for an album, this this is what you what you need to get because they're quite expensive. But for most part, even if it's a reissue, let's say this came out a couple of years ago, but it was recorded in seventy eight, I think seventy seven or seventy eight. I'm not really sure. But they will always, this record company will always seek out the best masters, you know, the best audio source available. Maybe even the actual uh, uh, first generation master tapes. So you will get the, the you know, the, the best sounding uh, audio source uh, audio source available. And then they will only use 
top-of-the-class mastering cutting engineers. And, and, you know, everything is just uh, quality all the way through. And they will uh, not all pressing plants uh, are allowed to do pressings for these. You've got to be specially, you know, specially um, picked out. Uh, you know, you have to pass a test and all that to be able to 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 press these 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 records. Uh, this was cut by a guy called Kevin Gray, and he's one of those rock stars uh, in the cutting <laughs> cutting world, <laughs> cutting a world of cutting engineers. So you can get T-shirts with his name and all that. Oh, for Posters. real. Mm. No, Damn. I'm just joking, Mike. <laughs> uh, okay, wow. no. There we go. I'm just joking. But uh, you will actually, if again, if, if you own a really good system with good speakers and all that, th there is no, this just sounds incredible, really. It's so good, so detailed, so much, uh, dy so dynamic and, and uh, just a great, great sounding record. Now, I've never heard a bad sounding Dire Straits records because they were, you know, they are recorded and produced so well uh, that you, you, you know, you'd be hard pressed to find a, a really bad cut of a Dire Straits album. But this is one of the absolute top, uh, top ones to go for. I and of course, the mastering engineer has merchandise for crying out loud. Oh, yeah. 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 Would, you, would you be surprised? If it was no. an American, would you be surprised? I'm sorry, Phil, but would you be surprised that the <laughs> motherfucker had some some? I uh, I'm a big fucking rock star. I'm a, I'm a I'm a mastering engineer. I got a T-shirt with my name on it. Would you yeah. be surprised, Soren? No, 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 no me neither. No. no, I'll buy into that shit. Absolutely, all the time. <laughs> absolutely. Okay, so right. so are we doing it? The, the, big, big finale. the big finale. The big finale. All right. Drum All roll. Right. Drum roll. So what are we doing for... Oh, there you go. You're a, that you're was a great. real mastering engineer, Phil. Oh, I am. My. I have my own merch, too, by the oh. way. So, <laughs> <laughs> so for, for, for those of you who don't know what the heck we're talking about, we had... Uh, one of Soren's buddies, uh, who is a musician, he is into the electro music genre. Mm -hmm. His name is Code Electro, or mm -hmm. at least his artist name is Code Electro. Yeah. And he was giving away three albums. And you mm -hmm. needed to go to our Facebook page and answer a simple question. And what was the question, Soren? Do you want it? Do you want it? And lo and behold, a shitload of you wanted this album. So <laughs> they knew the answer. Yeah, yeah. You, they knew the answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I got three names here right in front of me. And I'm just going to go in no particular order. The first one is Henrik Moberg Voss. Henrik. Henrik. Tillöge. Tillöge. All, right. All right. And then we got Derek Lasky. Derek Lasky. Derek Lasky. Derek Lasky. Congratulations. There we go. And the last one is Jesper Raun Larsen. Jesper. Jesper Raun Larsen. Tillöge. Cool. 
Cool. Right. So that's the three wins. There you go. All right. Good work. You see? There we go. There we go. <laughs> Too much filling. Soon they will. These guys will be wearing merchandise too. Yeah. Enough yeah. with the plants, man. So, so yes. This is uh, today's, you know, we're recording this, but this will go live on a Thursday. So, yes. If I say today, I mean Thursday when this goes live. Yes. Okay. But you will be yes. contacted by yes. PM, by one All of right. us, either, either Mike mm -hmm. or me. And we yeah. just need your address. Uh, so that uh, we can ship out the the records to you. Mm -hmm. So and, uh, and they will probably be shipped out uh, yeah. next week during next week. Mm. Yeah. So uh, yeah, and, congratulations and for, to all of you. Yeah, and for you that listened without the confusion, it's today. Because when you listen to this, it is today. Yeah, it is mm -hmm. Thursday, and and you're listening to this show because. It's get released on a Thursday, so yeah, we'll contact right. you. And unless, unless you're hijacked, yes, our recording you are, here. Yes, bootlegged it, bootlegged printed it. on yes. vinyl, exclusively yeah. for you. Hmm, maybe. <laughs> cool, hmm, maybe. maybe. You never know. <laughs> Excellent. You never know. Excellent. Thank All you. Right. Thank you for. Thank you to everyone who who uh, who knew the answer and uh, yeah, and, and participated. yeah, that was great. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and a yeah. special thanks to Code Electro for crying out loud. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh my. Thank you so, so much. much. Oh, yeah. Oh, Martin is his name. Okay. Martin. Incredible. Jesse. Martin Code yeah. Electro. Thank you yeah. for being that's a part right. of the Sounds on Vinyl podcast. And, and right. yes, a cool thing you go. Be, a cool mm -hmm. thing would be when the winners receive their prize. Okay. Oh, it yeah. will be great if they post a picture with them and the album or just the album spinning on the oh, Sounds of yeah. page. Oh, that would be good. Just to let us know oh. that it has received, you know, its, uh, yeah. its, its uh, final destination. Yeah. yeah. All right. Wouldn't cool. that be nice? That That'd would be awesome. Awesome, yeah. And maybe right. if, if, yes. if, if you post it on Instagram, uh, make sure to tag Code Electro and, and Sounds and Vinyl too. Mm. That would be nice. That would yeah. be nice. Really nice. Well, maybe, awesome. maybe, maybe we'll get three tags. Isn't that oh, incredible? Oh man, that would be something. Beautiful. That would be something. Right there. Yeah. All Beautiful. Right. Cool. Good. So that's it. That's, that's it. it. All right. That's it. That's the, the, the last episode for the season. It's our last one with Soren. And that's it. It's very sad. Yeah. yeah. It, it's happy because we had the giveaway, but now we're sad because yeah. it's the last episode with Soren. Yeah. And yeah. Thank so, you so I much, mean, my buddy. Thank you oh, so much. Yeah. It's this, been yeah, great. Thank you. This was awesome. Yeah. This whole season say, was epic. I just got to say thank you to 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 you two guys, of course, but also to all the uh, all the people who have uh, watched it on YouTube, listened in on on the podcast, and um, and it, it's been incredible. There was uh, I've had so much cool feedback from from people. Uh, I'm not saying around the world. It sounds a bit. No. Because a few of my friends <laughs> yeah. have uh, have commented that it was it was fun it was good fun yeah. so uh, I'm so very you're, glad. So you're printing merch now, all right? I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yes. yeah. But I have, yeah. I have tons pin. of merch. Yeah, yeah, tons of merch. <laughs> <laughs> going on, going on the road. 
What are you yeah, talking about, man? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, speaking of merch, you got a book, so tell everybody where they can get a copy of your book. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you, if you want a copy of the book, and of course, still, it's in Danish, so uh, sorry about that. But but maybe you'll be able to to enjoy the the book as uh, you know, despite you not being able to read Danish. Oh yeah. But if you want a, if you want a copy of the book, uh, just go to my Instagram uh, page, Alt uh, Om or my Facebook page, which is also called Altomvinyl, A L T O M B I N Y L, and and just PM me. Uh, yeah, I, I can ship everywhere, uh, and I still mm. have a, a few copies uh, left uh, here at home, so I can mm. do it very quickly. Yeah, we so, could yeah, maybe please, please, maybe please, put a link in the description, Phil. So yeah, yeah, so we'll, yeah. We'll yeah. put a link Definitely. in the description so people will yeah. find it easy. Yeah. Cool. All right. Been, so that's been a huge pleasure, guys. So much fun. And for yeah, us it has too, indeed. man. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Great. It's been awesome. Nerdy Great. stuff as hell, but it's it's all in good fun. <laughs> all in good fun. All it is. Fun. Yeah. All right. And until next time. Later. Yes. Keep your later. eye out for for info on season on season seven. Oh yeah. All right. Season cool. seven. So all right. Until See then. Later. Later. This has been Towns on Vinyl. For extended show notes, playlists, videos, and episode collections, visit soundsonvinyl.com. Sounds on Vinyl is produced by Boomtown Entertainment in cooperation with Boomtown Music. Thanks for listening and for all your motherfucking support. <laughs>